I had a war chest of about three and a half million dollars. Mark Martin is strapping into his troll. Based on what we had going on, I had enough money to do it for two years. Mark Martin from Batesville. Bill France Jr. gave me and Mark Martin an application to the 1988 Daytona 500. And not enough can be said for these guys that built this team from the ground up in two years. But if I didn't win a race, if I didn't show a blue sky to, to potential sponsors that wanted to get on board, there was an end in sight to my uh, to my NASCAR career. The Motor Racing Network presents Jack Roush, the cat in the hat. Mark Martin drives up high out of turn number four, comes out of the corner, and every person in this grandstand is cheering him on. He comes down and he will win the AC Delco 500. It has been a long, hard road for Mark Martin. I butted head. I mean, I had butted heads with Jack Roush, but I butted head with Jack a lot early in the years, but we made it and we did it together. Jeff Burton wins at Daytona. He takes the 42nd Pepsi 400. Everything that I do in my racing and, and uh, you know, when my son's racing and stuff, I always, one of the decisions I'm making, I always go through my mind, what would, you know, what would Jack do? Carl Edwards is a first-time winner in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. They did not hold one thing back from me. We gave it the best effort, and I think that's very noble, and I'm honored to be associated with him. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Woody Kane. Welcome to Episode 6 of The Many Hats of Jack Roush. I'm Woody Kane. Most fans associate Jack Roush with his NASCAR Cup Series career as a car owner, but he was always interested in how things worked and making things go fast. In Episode 1, we heard about Roush's early days in drag racing. Another big part of the story involves his success in other forms of racing, the Bush and Nationwide Series, what's now the Xfinity Series, the Craftsman, now Camping World Truck Series, and sports car racing. On the NASCAR side, Mark Martin was already working with Roush in the Winston Cup Series and had been running on his own in select Bush Series events in the number 60 Ford with sponsorship from Winn-Dixie. In the early 90s, the duo decided to join forces. Well, the program was around Mark Martin to start with. And, uh, of course, there were some prog- some races that, that you couldn't run both series because they were too far away from one another. The driver could not be in two places at the same time. In 1993, they led nearly 1,000 laps and won seven times, including a stretch of five straight they entered late in the year culminating at Rockingham. What a season Mark Martin has had in Bush Grand National Competition. Here he comes. He lets those three lap cars directly ahead, gives them plenty of room, takes the checkered flag and will win it. Ward Burton will come across the line and finish second. Joe Bessie will run third as they all come across the stripe to take the checkered flag. And Mark Martin will be heading down to victory lane. Jim Phillips. Well, Steve Beal is here, Steve. When you finish, you win. That's as simple as it is. Well, we've been real fortunate this year. The Winn-Dixie cars work real good. We're a little bit loose to start. But those good years on a long run were a lot better than the other tire. We were hoping it'd stay green there with 50 to go. Those guys cooled their tires and made a run at but they didn't have what we had at the end. We're real happy about it. That success prompted another expansion, running a full schedule as a development program. So to start with, it was around Mark. It's only when we decided we, were, we backed away from the truck series and we were going to make it a, a place to, to vent or to vet uh, rookie uh, uh, drivers headed toward the uh, Cup Series that we decided to start running for championships. Greg Biffle had already won a truck title with Roush in 2000. More on that in a bit. Then, after winning the Bush Series Rookie of the Year title in 2001, he came back the following season to claim the big prize. Now let's hear from our 2002 NASCAR Bush Series champion, Greg Biffle. Getting a big swig of Coke. What Joe Moore just said, it's got to be music to your ears. 2002 NASCAR Bush Series champion. Congratulations. 
Thanks a lot. I tell you, it's been a long season, and uh, Jason Keller, what a competitor. Uh, put a lot of pressure on me today. Made me run my tires too hard. Uh, Scott Wimmer had a great car there. Uh, got us at the end, but uh, I tell you what, I had a great uh, great time out here in Phoenix. I will every time, and look forward to coming back next year in Winston Cup car. And uh, just want to thank everybody who made this possible. You know, Granger and Roush and uh, you know Jack. I'm just uh, I'm happy he's with us this year. And uh, you know, my mom and dad and uh, Benny Parsons, my brother, everybody, family, been supportive. Uh, just excited to uh, get my second title. Continuing to use the Bush Series as the next step in the feeder system, Roush Racing moved a young Carl Edwards up the line, and he won Bush Series Rookie of the Year before claiming the championship in 2007. For the final time, back to turns three and four, Carl Edwards looks at the three-peat here in Nashville. For the second straight week of the NASCAR Bush Series, for the third straight time at Nashville, Carl Edwards takes the checkered flag, winning the Federated Auto Parts 300. Coming home second is Clint Boyer. Jason Leffler takes third. Scott Wimmer is fourth. Regan Smith wraps up the night in the fifth spot. And yet another triumph for Carl Edwards. That's four on the season. Edwards led the standings for an amazing 33 straight races that year. Next, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. joined the party with back-to-back -back Nationwide Series titles in 2011 and 12. 25-year-old Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is the champion for the second year in a row out of Olive Branch, Mississippi. Stenhouse holds on and scores the championship win with a 23-point margin over Elliott Sandberg. You know, the cup cars over here seem to kind of go through a lull and, you know, kind of hit some high points and kind of up and down. I felt like the Xfinity series, uh, you know, back, like you said, for, you know, back when Mark Martin was racing that, you know, they just kind of stayed the same and, and were always really competitive. So, um, you know, that was really fortunate for me when I got in the cars. They were, they were good. They were fast. And, you know, we were able to win races and championships. Three years later, another young driver made his mark in the Xfinity Series for Roush. The first attempt at the green-white checkered for the 3M 250 in Iowa. And on the break, a poor restart for Chase Elliott, but a great restart for Chris Buescher. Momentarily, they're three wide through turns one and two. Chris Buescher does get the best start. Off the corner he comes. He's cleared the field by some two and a half car lengths. It is Chase Elliott in the second spot, but he's got company with Bubba Wallace and Brian Scott as they're three wide for the second position. Here comes Chris Busher off turn number four. White flag is in the air. The next flag will end this race. It's Busher. It's Elliott. They're three wide for third. Scott to the bottom of Jones and Bubba Wallace in turn two. Three quarters of a lap remain for Chris Busher as he comes off of turn two. Up the back straightaway. Here comes Chase Elliott trying to close the gap. Not having much luck. It is Eric Jones doing with Brian Scott for third. They're beating and they're banging inside the top five. But off the corner, career win number two for Chris Busher. He wins the 3M 250 at the Iowa Speedway. Chase Elliott will finish in second. Eric Jones comes across the line in third. Chris Buescher won the 2015 title and admits now that his team almost didn't make it. From the get-go, it was a little bit rockier than it ended. So, you know, uh, early on, it was a, a tough start. Um, you know, not really knowing uh, if we were going to run past about 10 or 12 races. Uh, you know, hard to uh, hard to come by by sponsors. And uh, we worked really hard at it, and we traveled a lot of places and met a lot of people, and uh, we were able to uh, to get some things put together. And you know, several of the companies that were already on uh, Jack's Cup cars decided that they would uh, be willing to step in and, and be a part of uh, of the Xfinity side as well. So uh, we actually ended up running more paint schemes than I could probably count that season. Uh, you know, we had a 
had had everybody. I mean, absolutely every from the advocate to fast it all to uh, to safety clean, and uh, probably about ten or twelve more. Um, and, and got to the point where about halfway through the season, uh, we were able to win Iowa, which was huge. Um, you know, we just showed up there. We were fast and able to uh, to really just get it done there. Um, you know, and then be able to, to get a win at Dover uh, and, and going forward to, to be able to be in uh, in the points lead. I mean, we were we had points for, I think it was almost three quarters of the season, really. And, um, you know, that was uh, was enough to keep pushing it along. It made it hard for, uh, for anybody to tell us we couldn't go to the racetrack the next week. And, uh, you know, once you get down to the last, you know, five or six races, it starts getting tight there. And you start thinking, man, I, I can't let them down now. They, they've they stuck with us all season and you know put in everything they could to uh, to make sure that we had a shot at this and now it's it's time to close the deal busher says getting it done for roush made the whole ride even sweeter that was an awesome year and um you know for jack to to be there for that one obviously be at homestead uh and us uh, having having a chance at it it was cool for him to, to come into victory lane and to get the the congratulations from him you know that was um you know something something bigger than just a race win you know he's always happy after after winning a race but to be able to tie a whole season together uh was was really cool uh it's nice to to get you know his appreciation for it and for me to be able to to return the favor and say thank you for uh you know the the time and the effort that that him and and the organization put into me as well so uh ended up being a pretty awesome year there um, and, you know, just cool to, like I said, get that, that job well done from him. Stenhouse echoed the theme. You know, Jack loves winning. Um, you know, he loves being in victory lane. That's why he does it. Um, you know, he's just as uh, grumpy as everybody else is when we are not winning and we're struggling. And so uh, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, for me, uh, you know, being able to kind of repay Jack for him, uh, you know, letting me drive his race cars, taking a chance on me. Uh, running me unsponsored out of his pocket, uh, things like that. That was the uh, the real, you know, satisfaction that I had uh, when it came to finally being able to say, you know, thanks and, uh, you know, here's your championships. Roush Fenway still competes today in the Xfinity Series, though Roush himself admits things have changed over the years. Well, there was a point in time when, uh, it, when it was adequate to bring the... Uh, best judgments from the rules were different the wheelbase was different but it was at there was enough crossover it was adequate to bring the the best judgments of your engineers and your uh, your fabricators from the cup series to the uh to the Xfinity series or to the bush series as it was at the time and uh, when that changed and it needed a, the rules got to be different enough and you need to do your own independent uh uh, engineering and support, uh, you need to have a more or less equivalent uh, support group for the Xfinity Series as did for the Cup. The, the Cup sponsorship money and the Cup uh, manufacturer involvement money is not enough to support that. So it was easier for us to win championships when we didn't have to have the, the independent uh, separate uh, equivalent structure as, as you do today. Many of the names who had success for Roush in the Xfinity Series and the Cup side worked their way up through the Truck Series first, including one driver who went on to win a Cup championship. Final shot. Can't do it. From the trees of Milwaukee, there has emerged a bush. 
into victory lane. Kurt Busch takes the Sears diehard 200, winner of his first ever NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race. It was an amazing journey to come from local racing in Vegas and to meet Jack. I met him uh, in Daytona, really, for the first time when I was racing the truck there. It was his people, uh, Max Jones and um, Matt Chambers, the crew chief on the 99 truck, came out like a scout would come out to some of my Southwest Tour races. And that's when they're like, hey, we want you to drive our truck. I'm like, no way. And so it, those guys helped me position for the ride. And then once I was down in Daytona uh, for the Speed Weeks feel of everything, that's when I met Jack for the first time. And the trucks um, had all these practices all spread out because it was their first time. So I got to meet Jack and spend a lot of time with him right away. Bush would go on to win four times in the 2000 season, but he finished second behind a teammate for the championship. And Greg Biffle is the 2000 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series champion. Biffle posted in 25th position. Let's go to pit road. Jack Roush is down here coming out of Kurt Busch's pit. Congratulations. 13 years in the making. You get yourself a NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series title. The guys had a real good year. They've had a couple of really good years. The F-150 is a, is just a great platform for this truck racing. Uh, we're just glad to be here. Congratulations to, to Randy Goss and to uh, Greg Biffle and all the guys uh, in Livonia work on these trucks. Last year, so close to getting that uh, points title. Able to get it in this year makes it sweeter. Well, you know, it took us... Uh, two years of championship running to win one. Maybe that's not too bad. After coming up just eight points short in 1999, Biffle took the 2000 truck title by a whopping 230 points. All in all, Roush notched 50 truck wins, 45 poles, and led more than 6,000 laps. What it meant to the organization to win a championship, it was like winning the first race at Rockingham. It meant that we were going to be able to stay not just a contender to win races, but as a contender to win championships. It put out the uh, a, a notice that we were there to stay. I, I actually was not in the year one. This was year two or year three when we got started. The uh, the uh, truck series grew out of a, a off-road racing interest that two or three of the owners had that were off-road racing that came to talk to NASCAR and said, if we built uh, car, trucks that were in line with your stock car series, would you, you let us uh, think about running the series so we could run our off we could run, step aside from our off-road racing, but run the stock car racing with trucks. But as soon as it looked like it was a for sure deal uh, that was going to survive, uh, I got involved with Ford. Ford probably contacted me. I don't recall the genesis of it, and asked me if I'd run a truck. And uh, I said, sure, we run cars, we can run trucks. At that time, we are, I'm pretty sure we were already racing a, uh, a, a Pushcar National car for Mark as well. And... Uh, Anyway, it was uh, it was great sport uh, in the truck series. The trucks uh, with their their pickup truck beds and the the big side panels. Uh, you could you could have a truck much looser and it wouldn't get away from you as bad as a car would. So it was a good place for young people who hadn't driven stock cars to get up to speed and to to get their feet wet. The everything was going fine. The truck series. It was on the 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 the. the just on the the edge of being uh, viable from a from a uh, cost point of view, we were underwriting it a little bit, I guess, from a, from our other programs. But it was a place to start with rookies, and so that it made it have a, an intrinsic value. Uh, but uh, when when Dodge when Dodge came involved, uh, the deal that uh, that 
NASCAR made with Dodge is before they'd raced in the Cup Series, they had to race in the Truck Series for, I think it was three years, and maybe an additional year in the Xfinity Series uh, for a fourth year, and then they could run a Cup car. Well, so I, I had the, I had Eden Corporation all organized to sponsor two of my trucks in, uh, in the year that uh, Dodge came in. And uh, so Eaton was, uh, was a sponsor, was, was a supplier to, to Chrysler. They found out that they were going to sponsor a Ford truck, and they thought they'd put the arm on Chrysler. So they said, you need to be thinking about driving, uh, sponsoring a Chrysler team, which we don't have sponsors for, but we've got to run these cars uh, instead of a, uh, doing a, a Ford sponsorship, and we'll, we'll give you two pr trucks for the price of one. So they undercut my sponsorship by 50% when they agreed to two, two for the price of one. That only meant that the, that it required uh, greater involvement from the, from the manufacturers or greater investment from me that I was willing to make. And Ford finally figured out how many different places I had money hid that was benefiting the truck program. I had test programs for this and test programs for that. The money was going directly into the truck program. They figured figured that out, and they decided it wasn't worth as much to them as as they as it might be. And of course, NASCAR did the same thing with uh, Toyota as they did with 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 Dodge. And Toyota then made it all but a uh, single mark series. You know, just like if you got some of the series in road racing that are all one manufacturer. So then, if the it became a manufacturer series, and depending on how much the manufacturer want to invest, they could have the bulk of the cars, and that's the way the truck series is today. And that's the reason we're not involved with it, is that it's not worth as much Ford to Ford as it is to Toyota or as it was to Chrysler at a point in time. The winning wasn't just on the NASCAR side, however. Before Roush even ran trucks or Xfinity cars, he raced sports cars. Among the first to work with him there was a young kid named Scott Pruitt who would go on to win 10 championships in various sports car series. That was my first big break with Ford Motor Company and, and with Jack, and we were both so passionate about racing. I mean, that's all we wanted to do. Eat, sleep, drink, racing. And so it's such a great fit. I live, I live with Jack uh, in, in Livonia. We spent a lot of time together. Uh, we won four championships in three years. I supported, you know, IMSA and Trans Am. And when I wasn't running for a full series in one or the other, I'd go race uh, selected races. And it was such a, a, a great run. And he's such a, you know, people don't realize how passionate Jack is about, about his racing and everything he did, uh, getting up, you know, at the crack of dawn and in there firing up the dinos and, and working hard trying to find every little bit and piece of more power that we could and uh, it was just an incredible run. Pruitt would win many of racing's biggest events including the Rolex 24-hour race at Daytona five times. And ladies and gentlemen unprecedented Chip Ganassi Racing for the third consecutive year will win the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Scott Pruitt comes to the line, checkered flag is his, and history is made at the World Center of Racing. Pruitt also won karting championships, was the Indy 500 Co-Rookie of the Year in 1989, and ran over 50 NASCAR events. With that wide spectrum of experience, Pruitt puts Jack Roush Motorsports contributions into perspective. There's that group that's going to remember him from drag racing, without a doubt. I mean, guys that, that I know that are in and around racing that, that remember Jack and, and driving from uh, drag racing side. Uh, obviously, the era through, through sports cars and everything that he did with Ford and Lincoln Mercury, where we had just... I mean, we'd win championship after championship after championship and, and uh, just an incredible run. And then obviously there's a different group that will remember him from, from the NASCAR side. And it's, and it's, it's that 
that makes it unique. You know, as, as a driver, I, you know, the good Lord blessed me one with a 50-year career, but a 50-year career of, of, of go-karts and sports cars and Indy cars and NASCAR and then back to sports cars and pretty much everything in between. And the same thing for Jack as a team owner. Not he's not he didn't have one dimension. He is you know multi-dimensional with with all these different sports, uh, that, different motorsports that he was involved in, and all the successes he's had. I think is uh, is something unique and something pretty special. Next time on MRN presents the many hats of Jack Roush, NBC analyst Jeff Burton and others describe Roush's ability to mold unproven talent into winners. What Jack says about me when I first came to drive for him was that. Um, you know, I was I was this kid with this piece of equipment that had no idea what to do with it. And and he was right. Carl Edwards, Matt Kenseth, Robin Pemberton, and many others remember their time learning from Jack Roush, and the man himself tells us about the infamous gong show in the next episode. I'm Woody Kane. Thanks for listening. Today's program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. The Many Hats of Jack Roush was written and produced by Rich Colbreth, Tyler Burnett, Alexa Henrian, and Brian Nelson. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.